Welcome to Sunrise Live, the podcast where we have deep conversations with freelance models. Today, I have a unique freelance model on the other line. His name is Grant. He does male modeling. He also does photography. And he was a Christian pastor for three years. Say hello, Grant. Hello. Good to hear from you. This episode has been kind of, we've been waiting to do this for such a long time. I got super sick right when we were going to do the episode. And I just, I could not have a recording discussion because of how much I was sneezing and sniffling. So I'm over it now and I feel good about it. And I'm excited to have this conversation. And so for some context to the people listening, Grant had reached out to me because he was enjoying the Sunrise Life podcast as a listener, and he invited me to be on his podcast. And I was like, yeah, I like I like talking about myself, so why not? And we were kind of going over things, and he mentioned that on his podcast, I could talk about anything, but there was two rules. You can't cuss, you can't talk about nudity or OnlyFans. And I was like... I think that I can get away without cussing, even though it's challenging for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I could not <laughs> not bring up nudity. So, so we kind of went back and forth about it. And he said it's because he has Christian values. And I was like, oh, well, I'm probably not a good fit for your podcast then. And, and Grant suggested maybe we could talk on your podcast. And so here we are now talking on the podcast. Yep, that is how it happened. So I thought that this would be a cool opportunity to ask each other some questions about each other's values, beliefs, and lifestyles to kind of explore who we are as completely different people from complete opposite sides of the spectrum from each other um, when it comes to our views of nudity. And When it comes to your particular views, Grant, I would like to hear from your perspective what you feel about nudity and photography. And and I I know you mentioned right before we started this recording that you don't particularly consume OnlyFans type content. But what is your opinion of it? Opinion on OnlyFans or, or nude photography? You could provide answers for both separately if you want. I think that OnlyFans, at least from my perspective, is, and and this is a hot take, okay? Okay. But I think that OnlyFans goes backwards on the progression women in our society because it goes back to viewing women as (laughs) objects that are used for our sexual pleasure. And we both know, you and I, that women are a lot more and I think that that is something that women should not be doing because they have a higher calling in life than just showing off their bodies to males who are just trying to get their sexual appetite fed. Okay, so you don't find it as a a good way to make an income because you view erotic like OnlyFans style content to be degrading. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I mean, I can understand a lot of people have that point of view. As a person who does create content for OnlyFans, 
I mean, I, I can come at this from any end of the spectrum. When it, when I describe OnlyFans-style content, because let's face it, like a mass majority of people who are creating on OnlyFans are using their iPhones, not necessarily using a high-quality camera, and just shooting from one angle and shooting one video without a whole lot of creativity involved. And I from that from that lens, I could see that you know, it's a means to an end. You're creating an erotic piece of content for the intention of stimulating somebody who's purchasing it. I, I, I can see mm. that. And as a person who also creates this content as well as other styles of content with more angles and lighting and, and you know, more of a storyline involved, I would definitely say that the content that OnlyFans typically... <laughs> shares is definitely more profitable and the more artistic style imagery whether or not it's involving nudity generally it does not reach a mass audience appeal um so from my perspective it's like okay yeah like i'm a nude model i create nude art i also create nude erotica i'm comfortable with both of those things one of them makes me a lot more money <laughs> And the money that I make from the explicit style imagery, like OnlyFans style type content, allows me the freedom to create the art that I truly love creating. So in a sense, like you're perceiving it as it's degrading to society, yeah. which I don't know. I mean, it kind of comes down to is sexual gratification in itself degrading? Is that a question? Yeah, do you do you believe that like sexual gratification in itself is degrading? Well, the way I view it is all right. Is fire a good or a bad thing? Well, it depends on where the fire is. If it, if the fire is in the house, then yeah, it's a bad thing. But if the fire is in the fireplace or you know, by a campfire, then it's all right. Uh, and okay, think sexuality expressed through the right means is acceptable. And and of course, my Christian worldview is going to kind of not skew, but some some word my point of view to a degree. But I also think that sex is not just something that is purely physical it's also deeply relational and in some cases deeply spiritual yeah okay and it's and you're taking the spiritual intimate aspect out of it when it's just being filmed for for profit is that what you think uh, can can you explain what you mean just so I can understand more clearly, clearly. Okay, I really like your analogy of how the fire in a house is not necessarily a good thing. You want your fire to be like in your fireplace. I, I like that analogy. So is when when you say that, you know, sex is is something that isn't just physical, it can also be like, you know, spiritual and connecting between two people. Are I'm trying to yeah understand okay. if if you are of the belief that like only fan style video content or whatever is is removing those those elements that are like connecting 
See, I go back and forth on this one actually because I I've talked to quite a few models who do OnlyFans, and I just want to make known for the podcast listeners: if you do OnlyFans, even though I do not agree with the lifestyle choice, I will always love you as a person, and you can see me and Christy. We could not be more different in our perspectives have somehow come together. And I don't know if this answers your question. And quite frankly, I forgot the question, but it's okay. But I'll give you some context that I think might help. All right. So one of your previous guests, her name is Taylor, which shout out to Taylor. We both love you. Shout out. I had her on the podcast and I... When I first saw the content that she had on her Instagram, it put me in a weird spot, as you could imagine, because here I am seeing her and most of her outfits are lingerie and just overall sexy style clothing. And so I'm like, all right, what do I do with this information? And so my response to that was I am going to make a human out of an image and what that meant what I meant by that was sure hot female bodies are a dime a dozen you can search anywhere at any place but what is going to set Taylor apart from the rest of the models out there because if she has value in and of herself that is beyond what she looks like, then she is in fact not replaceable and not just someone that it's like, well, I can just go to this other model if I I want to experience the same connection with said person. And so I wanted people, whether they knew about her content or not, to at least be able to understand her as a person because if you understand someone as a person you can grow to either like or dislike them as a person and then those other things like OnlyFans and things like that are the personal choices that they make and do not constitute whether they are a bad or good human being if that makes sense okay yeah i i can i can see that and as you were describing that like you know any any you know model can wear lingerie and there's so many people doing it and what makes one different from the other one is their personalities of course but just by looking at a flat image you can't really wrap your mind around who that person is until you've actually you know, spoken to them in person or like, you know, saw about what their hobbies are and like what makes them take it and stuff. But you can still apply that that same methodology to say guys that wear suits and then work in an office. You could say that guys that wear suits and work in an office all look the same because they wear the same kind of outfit. And you just by looking at a picture of one of them, you can't really like, you know, tell what they're really like. I suppose you could apply that to anybody in any career, right? Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. Yeah. So I guess it's it's just inherent that everybody does have their own personality, but 
when it comes to, you know, people who are showing their bodies on the internet for money, there seems to be a bit of a, of a judgment about it. Like that, like it's, like you said, like it's degrading, but you know, it's an enjoyable career path for a lot of people, which I understand not everybody thinks is a good life choice, but to each their own on that. Um, and outside of like OnlyFans, like let's, let's step outside of OnlyFans for a second and then step into like photography because I, I did listen to an episode or two of your podcast and you had interviewed some other models. Sadly, I haven't listened to the Taylor episode yet because I think that one must have just uh, come out and I listened to the other previous episodes. It's actually coming out in a couple weeks, so here you go. Oh, okay. Cool. I, I haven't missed it then. But I'm very curious... Like when it comes to, I guess there's so many like things about you as a Christian conservative that I'm curious about because there there does seem to be like a spectrum of viewpoints that various religious people have when it comes to viewing what morality is. Because I have met, I've met Christian photographers that have hired me to model nude for them that have said you know, that they don't think that nude photography is inherently sinful because, and they go to church and everything. They, they say, you know, God created nude bodies and we're going to create imagery that celebrates it. And I'm like, okay, I, I can get on that bandwagon, I guess. But then there are other people who are religious, who believe that, you know, nudity is like the original sin. And because, like Eve, you know, went against God's wishes by talking to the snake in the garden and making Adam eat from the fruit that suddenly now nudity is sinful and that we shouldn't be seen nude and we should always cover ourselves up. So where are you in, in all of that spectrum of, of perspectives when it comes to nudity in general and then nude photography? Can I say that my viewpoint is ever evolving? Yeah. Wait, can you elaborate on that? I'm uh, so curious. Because on one hand, there was a, back five or six years ago, there was a shoot that a photographer did with a lot of people from where I live. And it was a topless shoot. And, and basically the, the girls would cover their breasts. And <laughs> as they were doing that, they would write in Sharpie markers things that were very important to them. And and some of those women would share their faith stories in that. And I was like, this is a very interesting dilemma right here. Because on one hand, you have people proudly expressing who they are in a very vulnerable state. But at the same time, that exact same image could be viewed as sexualizing oneself whether it's intentional or unintentional and so that is something where i'm like i i that that's a hard one for me and and the thing is i'm open to all points of view on that because i believe that discussions such as the one we're having today is very relevant and quite frankly whenever i would hear your podcasts with Taylor and they're, they're definitely, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but from, 
But from my vantage point, I you were like them darn conservatives. You know, there, there, there's no use for them darn conservatives, and 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 they are the enemy. And and I'm just like, look, I'm like Taylor just as much as you do. She is an awesome person, and I'm glad to know her, and I'm glad to know you. I think that that divide between the more risque and the more conservative, there's always going to be a dividing line, I I would agree. But at the same time, we don't have to burn the bridge completely. And so I think what we need to do is figure out why we believe what we do on said issues. And then instead of creating a stigma, said people, get to know them as individuals and see why they do whatever it is that they do. Yeah. No, I totally vibe with everything that you're saying. And that's actually the main reason why I have this podcast, besides the fact that it's it's fun, is obviously like most of the episodes are interviews with other models and like deep conversations and, and stuff. But the purpose of the podcast is to expose the you know, the vast depth that all of us have, because most people just see an image. And an image today is, it's like, it's such a blip, you know, there's so many photos passed around social media, Facebook, Instagram, like Google, everywhere, like images are just saturating the internet. And you, it's so easy to just flip past one. You know, I, I can be standing on a cliff edge, like, waving a huge like sheer fabric and billowing in the wind it could be the most epic image that i feel like i've ever created somebody will just swipe right past it and like it's like nobody cares you know like nobody knows the lengths that it took to get to that point and take that photo but nobody knows like why like any of us have this motivation to create these photos or the stories behind it or the personalities that got together to make it happen but talking about it on the podcast makes it so much more real and deep and interesting, which is which is why I like doing this podcast. So we all have our different like backstories. And and I do want to address how you mentioned that, you know, in a lot of our podcast episodes, a lot of us are kind of like, oh, yeah, them darn conservatives. It's because we have a lot of issues with being able to post our content and it's becoming more and more restricting and it's the result of laws that religious lawmakers have made that make it harder and harder for us as you know artistic nude professional models to make a living because we are being pushed to the corners of the internet like like I I get deplatformed left and right on every platform I've ever had I've been taken down from YouTube my Instagram has been shut down 16 times and it's not because I'm posting raunchy stuff. It's because at its basis, it's because there's a link in my bio and there's places in the link in my bio where you can like, you know, purchase things that involve 18 plus content. And on my link in my bio, there's obviously an OnlyFans. There's also a Patreon, which is a more artistically focused Whoa. platform. And then I have like, you know, a documentary that I made and a book that I published and like other ways that people can like consume my content that help make me income. But it's all based around who I am and what I do, which is 
being a traveling freelance nude model. So in, in my own essence, I am a person who is against the terms of service. And the terms of service are increasingly becoming more and more strict and shadow banning me and making making it harder for myself and for people who do similar things to what I do to make a living. So that that's why, you know, we are kind of always like, oh gosh, those darn like, you know, religious conservatives, they're they're making it harder for us to just do what we do. Mm-hmm. But I would say that based on our discussion so far, on the spectrum of a a person who is a Christian conservative being understanding versus somebody who is very close-minded, I would definitely view you on the more understanding side, just just so that, you know, based on this conversation so far, because I can see that, you know, you see that we are humans trying to survive in the world and do our thing, even though doing our thing is, I suppose, you know, looked at with a little bit of What's the word I'm looking for? A little bit of judgment. I mean, if I'm being honest, I do feel just a little bit of judgment. But that's okay. Like, I'm used to it. But I, I do need to describe something for my listeners, um, if it's not already been made obvious, and for you, and that on for myself, on the spectrum of, like, nude photography being art, and then, like, <laughs> you know, being, you know, pro-sex work, there's definitely like a line that a lot of artistic nude models do not cross that I do cross. And there's a lot of photographers in the freelance traveling nude modeling world that will photograph what they categorize as artistic nudes, which is basically like, you know, photographing the nude body for its like curves and lines and shapes and contrasting the shapes of the body with, you know, the elements of the background or things of that nature. And then once the imagery becomes a little bit more salacious, you know, you cross over into like Playboy style nude, which is more flirtatious, maybe slightly more parted legs, and then more pornographic style. And my personal like place where I am on that spectrum is closer I mean, I, I do love the artistic nudes. I do that all the time, but I still do some more of the somewhat more explicit stuff. And I, I don't I don't view like artistic photography as crossing the line, even if it becomes more explicit, as long as there are like artistic elements involved, like artistic erotica and things like that. So I am a bit far on the spectrum. So I can understand if talking to me is perhaps I'm a little bit too far on my own spectrum of nudity and explicit erotica to be understandable to somebody who's trying to reach out and like, you know, create a level plane. Yeah, because at its very core, there are some things that we can do to establish a common ground. But and and this is with almost every political social issue, I, I would consider this what would you consider this? What do you mean? This whole uh, I'm podcast talking about episode? It, is this more of a morality issue in, in your opinion? Where where do you see this on the... Well, I, I don't personally see nude modeling or explicit, you know, imagery. I don't see it as morally wrong. 
the only time where I could see it being morally wrong is if it was non-consensual. Like, perhaps if the person being photographed didn't want to be photographed that way, or if the person participating in the content wasn't comfortable with that. Like, for me, the morality is based on the consent of the person that's, you know, participating in the in the works. So I don't I don't even think that porn is wrong. I th- I think that if the people that are creating it are creating it consensually and, you know, they're happy with what they're doing and the the content can be taken down at any time that either person that's in the fig- in the filmings wants it to be taken down, I think that's great. Like, you know, make that money, like sell the content. I don't think any of that's wrong. Even though I do know that there are people out there that are completely addicted to porn and it ruins their life, you know, the same could be argued for alcohol. You know, I'm also a recovery alcoholic. I don't consume alcohol because I have problems with it. So I understand from the addiction standpoint how it can be damaging to some people. But, you know, if a person has the tendency to become addicted to it, then I would just say avoid it for sure. (laughs) But you realize that I think it's a quarter of internet searches are pornographic in nature. I think uh-huh. it is. And and listeners, look it up if I'm wrong because I could always be wrong. But it's kind of hard to yeah. avoid it in the sense that yeah. it's literally everywhere. I mean, I, I think, man, if I had all the statistics about pornography on my like on me right now have a way more yeah. meaningful conversation i think because no i understand what you mean and i don't disagree like i i mean i would be shocked if it wasn't even a higher percentage of searches i, I would i would still not be shocked if it was 50 percent of all internet searches were you know pornographically you know searched or whatever like that doesn't shock me at all and i part of it is that a lot of People around the world are told that, you know, sex is shameful and that they shouldn't think about it and they shouldn't want to do it until they're married. And then they can only have sex with their their partner that they're married to. And that's the only time that it's okay. If when you're trying to have a kid, right? Like if we're really going to go orthodox, you know, that's what I was trained when I was growing up is that it's wrong. It's sinful. Don't think about it. Don't talk about it. And that's why people want to look it up because there's this hole where they're like, oh, well, I have this drive. Like I have these urges. Like I want to like, you know, satisfy them in a way or at least like, you know, get my curiosity like satisfied. You still there? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just paused at an interesting time. So I wasn't sure if you were continuing or if you were finished with what you were saying oh yeah no i'm sorry sometimes i do that i trail off and then i'm like okay i just made i just felt like i made a statement that that possibly you might want to respond to but that is a probably i mean i'm sure that's a big reason why that the search for you know pornographic material is such a high percentage is because a lot of people are told from a young age that it's wrong to feel those urges. And so when they become an adult, they're like, oh, well, I know that I was told this was wrong, but, you know, I, I want to see some, you know, I, I want to, what, what is this? Like, I was told that, you know, I can't talk about it as a kid. And that, that was my reality. 
when I was a child, I was told, you know, <laughs> don't talk about it. Don't think about it. You know, abstinence was the only answer. We did not have sex education when I was in school. It was just don't talk about it. So <laughs> when I turned 18, I slingshot it and I went straight into nude modeling. Yeah, I think that definitely there is a proper way to approach the conversation of sex because I don't even think that biblically sex is a positive or negative thing. I, in fact, if it was a completely negative thing, it kind of wouldn't make sense why it was created in the first place. And in addition to right. that, if sex was a negative thing, neither you and I would be here today. Like Exactly. So <laughs> there is a sense that sex is permissible and in fact can be quite honorable but where you and i would differ are, are where those lines would be drawn do you mind if i ask you some specific questions to, about like where I, your lines are drawn firstly i kind of touched touched on this for a second as a christian and as a conservative do you believe that premarital sex sex before marriage do you believe that that is a I do sin? believe that and I think there are many bible passages that we could go to that could demonstrate that okay okay that says a lot so I've always wondered are there still people out there that do believe that and I, and I know that there are because I was raised this way but I've been yeah. outside of that like world for such a long time that it Boom. feels like a myth to me like it, it feels very far away the concept of waiting until one is married right. uh, to participate in that because there are like different ways that people interact with each other and you don't know if you are going to be sexually compatible right. with somebody until you've already done it right like that's that is my perspective mm -hmm. i didn't see where you're coming from but I think there, let's see, because you're bringing up a lot of good stuff. I Let's see. For me, I think that sex is not just a physical act like we talked about before, but it's also an act of intimacy yeah. that is expressed through a man and a woman. And why is it that when someone has sex with another person, whatever they are in a committed relationship that the other person views that as wrong because shaking someone else's hand who happens to be another female wouldn't be classified as a unfaithful act but there is something rooted in sex that makes it to where it goes beyond the physical and is more relational and I also think the purpose of sex is for enjoyment that lasts a lifetime. And let's say you and another person were in a relationship and they had sex with, I don't know, 50 people. Throughout that time, they might compare the sex they had with you to someone else. But if you've never done it before, then this is your own thing that you're doing with this particular person and the 
thought, man, she doesn't do it as well as <laughs> this old person that I did. Doesn't even come to mind. It, it is yeah, either the first time or the committed time that you would do it with your significant other. I suppose. Yeah, if you're only with one person ever, there's nobody else to compare your experience to. I can see that. But, I mean, with the person that I've been in a committed relationship with now, personally, like, you know, like, I'm not mentally comparing him to my previous boyfriends, you know. I, I suppose at a certain point, it doesn't, it, it matters, like, being sexually compatible, I think, matters. But I feel like at the same time, like, this is, this is like, somewhat related to like the you know nude photography and all of that like sex and nude photography are always going to be like a a closely knit conversation just because any any time that sexuality is like involved in creative photography that is when it's viewed as whether or not it's moral is it sexual at all then 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 that's what leads it to you know be a topic of discussion for morality and then sexual promiscuity is you know whether or not somebody believes that is wrong i personally and this is this is gonna have to be one of those agree to disagree things because i i still think that i i don't personally believe that premarital sex is is wrong i i don't think it's wrong I, I do think that exploration is healthy and important before committing to you know getting married but I also have a lot of like opinions about marriage itself. I'm personally not married and you know, my parents are divorced and it's uh, I have kind of a skewed opinion of marriage in itself, which is already like, you know, a lot of my other traveling nude model friends are married. A lot of my friends are married. I just I I I feel like I have seen so much more negative outcomes for marriage from my parents, from my mom's second marriage, and quite honestly, from probably at least 40 to 50% of photographers who hire me have expressed to me that they're unhappy in their marriages and or perhaps they're keeping their photography a secret from their wife and and things like that. So I've I've been I've been quite disenchanted from the concept of marriage because of the experiences that I've uh, had over yeah, the course of my and life. I think that the rise, I'm trying to, to see how to word this to where it doesn't make me sound more biased than I already am. I think the no rise in what you would call sexual exploration <laughs> and the link that we now go to to express ourselves sexually is in part based on the fact that the marriage relationship has been redefined so much in our culture. And quite frankly, the concept of marriage is not even taken that seriously nowadays, nor has it been taken seriously for the past few decades. And I, and I think one of those yeah. it, reasons is because of no-fault divorce, basically, you can get out of a marriage and you can choose to be unfaithful for, I, I would imagine, 
pretty much any reason that you'd like. And if you're able to get out of that commitment that you made with another person that you promised to be there forever, then that opens up the floodgates of, all right, if this is morally permissible, then what else is? And so I think that is where the rise in sexual exploration is derived from. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is something that you and I would totally disagree on. But I do think that there is evidence to the max that the most positive and most beneficial upbringing that any human could have is by a mother and a father who are in a positive marriage and and the yeah psychological damages that happen from a divorce no matter who it is they i would and all of these statistics please look up for yourselves because i am an expert but people that are from divorce households are more likely to be violent. They're more likely to not do as well in school, have behavior problems, and so on, and deal with anger issues. So there is a sense in that marriage, even if not being a holy institution, is a powerful aspect of life that in some ways should be celebrated and not discouraged by bringing in all of these other lifestyles that have been proven to be less beneficial for society as a whole. Now, that comes with the factor of, all right, we could have the most perfect system in the world, but if you and I are imperfect people, which I would classify myself as an imperfect human being, then that system is not going to always work. But it's not because the system is bad. Kind of like how if you have a manual for like a printer and you do something different from what the printer said you should do and the paper you print comes out bad, do we somehow say, well, that printer manual is insufficient because somebody just decided to use it differently from what it was intended to be used? No, the the manual has the perfect framework for how a printer is supposed to be used. And in the same way, I think that marriage relationship is the blueprint for how a healthy and sustainable relationship is supposed to be built. So I do agree that like, you know, divorced households do cause like problems in in, like the kids that are growing up out of it. But I don't think that it's the divorce itself that causes that. I think it's the the toxicity in the relationship between the people who get divorced. And I'll give this example of my parents. My parents had a very toxic relationship. My dad was yelling at my mom all the time, you know, and it, it scared us kids. My, my sisters and I were 
were traumatized by the amount of fighting that was in the home. After they divorced, you know, they weren't fighting anymore. They were separated. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I wish that they got divorced sooner. But it just came down to, like, how do you handle your own emotions with your partner that you're married to or the person that you're in a relationship with? And I find that the longer you stay in that relationship, if it can't be repaired, the more and more toxic and negative it can become. My, my grandma and grandpa on my mom's mm-hmm. side got divorced after being married for like 40 years. And after my grandma divorced him, you know, she, you know, she was beside herself. It was the only man she'd ever been with. But he had become really cold towards her throughout the course of their marriage. Was it wrong for them to get divorced when she wasn't feeling loved anymore and she was being treated poorly by him? I think that, you know, that's that's a good reason why, like, people get divorced is because the love fades and the people that are in that relationship don't respect the other person anymore. I, I don't think it's... I think that there's just a lot more complication to it. And now that, like, back back in the day, like, you couldn't just get divorced because women didn't have rights. And now that women have rights and we can have jobs and we can have credit cards and we can buy houses and stuff, which are all things that, you know, in the early 1900s, we could not do that stuff. We did not have those rights. You know, we couldn't necessarily get any job or even apply for a credit card. But now that we have the ability as women to be independent, we have the ability to get divorced if we're not being treated right. One could make an argument for those circumstances but at the same time i think that from my perspective i was also in a divorce household growing up and i i was always of the opinion that marriage itself is going back to what we were talking about earlier about how marriage is not taken seriously because of my upbringing i Am and still to this day very selective women that I choose to date because I know that any romantic interaction that I will have with a female is going to create lifelong consequences, even if it's just a 10 month relationship. And therefore, uh, let, let me get my thoughts together. Yeah. I mean, if you want to sure. to ask me any questions based off of what I'm already saying, go right ahead. Because, man, this is some deep stuff that we're talking about. Yeah, our, our conversation has definitely morphed quite a lot. It, but I do still think that it's all relevant because when it comes to, you know, most people that are like creating OnlyFans accounts or doing artistic nude modeling are women. We're doing it mainly because we have the ability to control our own careers and, you know, create what we want and then monetize off of it and use that to, you know, live the life that we want. And it seems that if you are of the perspective that a person who is, you know, making a living off of nude modeling or nude photography, that from what I understand, you believe that that could potentially cause 
negative repercussions in in their life or in the lives of I mean, others who I don't are even consuming think their I, content. I was addressing that, but I would agree with that. I think that I wish I had the the statistics with me because, and and maybe that's something that we could do is that we could have a more fruitful discussion here, plus have the the statistics and stuff that we think are relevant to the conversation on paper so that I could understand where you're coming from and you could understand where okay. I'm coming from. Because the thing is, while this isn't a debate per se, we are just, I mean, okay. it's a reality. Okay. And I don't know what percentages, I, I think it's like 40 something percent of marriages are destroyed due to their husbands viewing pornography or something like that. And I think yeah. that you and I would, our debate would be, all right, in the woman in this equation acting in a way that is reasonable or even agreeable by saying that that is wrong, that he shouldn't be doing that with any other person other than herself? Or do, does the man have the liberty to do that thing regardless of if he's committed in a relationship or not? Yeah, and that really, you know, that's important. Like, is looking at porn cheating? That's definitely an important and valid discussion because, like, obviously, like, what I do, like nude modeling, OnlyFans, whatever, I'm sure that there are wives out there whose husbands are looking at my videos on the internet with it, like, and keeping it a secret from their wife. In fact, I know for a fact that people are doing it, you know? Like, if I'm going to create a metaphor about this, and I hate using alcohol as a metaphor because I am a recovering alcoholic, but if I were a manufacturer of alcohol... I am not doing wrong by manufacturing a product. If somebody in their life is misusing that product, that's not my responsibility. That's their responsibility. If they have an agreement with their wife or significant other that they are not going to be looking at this and then they go and do it anyway, I think that that is wrong. And that's another consent boundary. Like if two people who are in a relationship make an agreement with each other that I view you looking at nude photos on the internet as cheating, then, you know, that person, if they cross that boundary, sure. that's a consent violation. And I do believe that's wrong. However, personally, like in, in my life, I don't view looking at porn to be cheating, but I obviously I'm biased because I create it myself and I, I don't, you know, I don't find it to be I don't find it to be morally wrong to be creating it. I, I do think that if you are going behind your partner's back and lying to them about what you're doing, I do think that's wrong. But I think that, you know, like if you're not getting physical all the time with your wife or, or husband and, you know, one person has a higher sex drive than the other, that I don't I don't think it's wrong to be like, all right, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm going to go to my favorite website and like watch some videos. And, and, you know, I don't personally think that that's wrong. I understand that you probably disagree with the morality that, you know, I, you probably disagree with that. But this is going to be probably another one of those agreed to disagree yeah, situations. Am, I, am I, I, I am I right that, on that? 
we, for example, I think that there is in some way a moral responsibility a person who knowingly markets something, knowing that it will have negative effects on the majority of people that it is targeting, then that person is in and of themselves responsible at least for some of the consequences that come about. For example, if I were a person that was selling cigarettes, knowing full well all the physical damages that it can do to one's body and how addictive it can be, who's to say that I, in and of myself, knowing those things, isn't held accountable to the damage that come from it because let's take for example bluebell remember whenever they had their their whole thing i did the ice cream bluebell uh, no one is the bluebell thing okay well, i, I kind of live under a rock so I think it was what something was the bluebell about ice cream scandal the the ice cream was for lack of better term and this is why we're going to do another podcast i think because I, we have so much information okay. <laughs> that you and I just don't have offhand. But basically, the almost like the the food that doesn't live up to industry standards of of what is able to be eaten. Yeah. Okay. The, the FDA or whatever CEO and the business as a whole is responsible for the damages that it does that it has done to the people that have consumed the product whether or not that person willfully chose to consume that product to begin with and and i think that at least from my perspective that is the exact same thing uh, when it comes to pornographic stuff yeah okay so if we're going to use the ice cream or the alcohol or the cigarettes as a metaphor that you you don't believe that moderation or utilizing this substance or this product or service, it's wrong on all levels. It's not just wrong when it's being misused. Like, for example, I'm going to go back to the alcohol one. If I'm selling alcohol, you know, the the people that are purchasing it are often... You know, they're celebrating a wedding or they're going to a house party or whatever. And the people that are drinking it, you know, some of them may have an addiction problem to that substance. Ice cream, it could also be damaging. If the ice cream is addicting, which personally I probably relate to that more because I think that ice cream is addicting. But if I eat too much of it and I get a stomach ache and I throw up, you know, you know, at that point, that is when it's damaging. But I, I feel like everybody is responsible for their own consumption of things. Like if somebody overconsumes my content and it ruins their life, that is a problem that they should handle. I don't believe that consuming my content in itself is wrong. I think that if you are doing it in a way that is messing with your life because you're lying to somebody or because... You're doing it in secret and like I, I personally don't believe that you should have to be consuming OnlyFans in secret unless you are in a relationship with somebody who views it as wrong. 
and, and and it comes down to whether or not the content itself is wrong like is is the content itself wrong then if you believe it is then i would say yeah if, if you believe for example alcohol is wrong in itself then you know obviously you would tell people to not buy it but i don't think it's the substance or or the the nude photography or whatever <laughs> in itself that's wrong and and maybe that's a place where we just Agree, I suppose. Disagree, I, suppose. Uh, I think that one of one of the main arguments that I think settles it for for me, and and obviously yeah. just because it settles it for me yeah. doesn't mean it settles it for you. But for me, yeah. the psychological effects viewing, at least as, as far as I know, <laughs> is basically the same as a drug addict and, and the consequences of someone in their brain viewing that has similar negative effects on the brain. And if I am creating content, basically that is fueling somebody's addiction to sex. I am enabling them to in their addictive pattern. Now, we all would agree that the person who is engaging in the act of viewing the content that is created is always going to be responsible for their actions of viewing said content. But making it more easily accessible to people who are prone to do that, I think there is a responsibility there as well, especially knowing the harmful psychological consequences of doing that. I can see that. I can see how providing a service or video content or whatever, I, I could, I can, I can see where you're coming at, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that porn addiction is not a problem because I, I know that it is. I know that there's people out there that can't leave their computers because they're hooked on porn and that that messes up their life. I'm not denying that. There's, I would definitely say that there's ethical and unethical ways of, you know, creating and distributing like pornographic content. And, you know, obviously the unethical, the more unethical it is, the more addicting it is, right? Like the, this is when you get into like the the porn that's made by like companies that are always, you know, trying to go to more and more extremes, right? And and I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think that there is an ethical way to create it and an ethical way to distribute it. But I can see how if you are the one if I am the one, for example, or anybody who has OnlyFans or whatever is the one that's dishing it out and creating it, that we are you know, providing a substance for people who are possibly hooked on pornography to be, you know, consuming our content. At least they're supporting a small business and not a big corporation that is taking advantage of their actresses or actors. But and and that's that's my view on it. I I do view OnlyFans as possibly the most ethical form of erotic content distribution because like porn porn websites like you know Pornhub or X Hamster or you know kink.com or or whatever they're like big corporations that they're perhaps you know distributing pornographic content and really not 
paying the people who are acting in that content. A lot of the content, like on Pornhub, for example, it's just free. You can just look at all this free stuff that's been ripped off and, and shared on there. Or they'll hire, like like pr- production companies like kink.com, they'll hire somebody for a day and then, you know, shoot a bunch of the content with them. And then they'll just be profiting off of that content forever. And then the people who acted in the content, they just get their paycheck for the day and that's it. And, yeah. you know, that video can be on the internet forever. You can't really get it taken down. If you have only fans you are in control of your own content your own pricing you know you can choose to price it in a way that is taking advantage of your subscribers or you can choose to promote it in a way that people could just you know take it or leave it and there's definitely more unethical ways of you know running an only fans you know there's there's different like i suppose ethical debates within every like corner of every topic that we could get into just like there's different ethical debates on distributing alcohol like are you going to have a an, a booze like like a booze garden at the kids carnival like you know like what what's ethical and what's not ethical i i do think that every industry out there has like elements of it that could become more and more unethical like the fashion industry or the food industry like there's people who are being taken advantage there's shopaholics who are ruining their lives because they're buying too many t-shirts on amazon you know that there's but is it the t-shirt maker that's responsible for the person that's over consuming you know i i think that just like with any addictive habit like moderation is key or if you can't moderate then just you know don't participate in it in my opinion but as a person who creates content i i personally don't think it's on my responsibility if if somebody has like a addictive problem if if they're consuming my content i at least know that my content is being produced ethically that's i suppose the only way that i can defend myself from whether or not my my business model or not uh, this conversation as a whole is very personal to you because obviously a lot of your career is based on the assumption that this is something that is morally acceptable. And that's why I think this is such a hard topic to, to have to discuss because it, it, it's not just an issue for me and you. It, it involves real humans who are having... and. I know what it's like to be yeah. addicted to porn at at various points in my life. So I have that oh. aspect. And I think that, that knowing how the male brain works and how our, the temptation of lusting and all of that stuff is always going to be there. And knowing that it's always going to be around us, the least that could be done is to make it to where men as a whole have an easier time of avoiding those said things. And I think OnlyFans, pornography, etc. does the exact opposite of that. I think that it exploits rather than help 
people with their sexual urges. Okay. Yeah, I can see because it caters specifically. Like you can find any creator that you want. Like I suppose if you had a thing for like big boobs or whatever, you could find an OnlyFans creator that has big boobs and then enjoy that content. I personally, I just, I just don't think any of that is wrong. I, and that's, I guess, where we're having an impasse is that. And and the, and like I said before, the only way that I can find it being wrong is if there's some consent boundaries being crossed with, you know, the people that are in your life, or, you know, if you're if you're looking at the big boobs twenty four seven, like, yeah, that's a problem. You need to have a life. You need to be able to balance your life. If like being a workaholic is the same thing. Like if you're just working twenty four seven and you're not paying any attention to your family or your health then that's also damaging. And, and to me, that's what I think is that everything in moderation. And I, I don't think that pornography or erotic imagery or OnlyFans, I don't I don't think it's inherently wrong. But right now, I, I, I understand what you're saying, though. I understand that you had a problem with an addiction to pornography at a point in your life. So I can see how, you know, the avoidance of you know, consuming any of that kind of content is something that you are going to stick to, which I totally respect that. You know, I'm not going to try to sell my content to somebody who has had addictive issues to it. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, that's not what I'm trying to do. You know, like I respect your decision or anybody out there who doesn't want to, you know, you know, buy my OnlyFans or whatever. Like that's totally cool. But I, I suppose that's kind of where, like I differ from major corporations who are out there, you know, who are spamming your email inbox telling you that you get a seven day free trial to this new website or whatever. Like I'm I'm not out I'm I'm not marketing that hardcore. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not banging down everybody's guess, doorsteps uh, trying to get them to buy uh, it, you know? <laughs> but in addition to all of that, yeah. one of my biggest frustrations is I have a podcast which I can plug that, right? Okay, good. Which I had yeah. Taylor and I and I almost had our fellow Christy on on the podcast, but uh, fortunately, me and her are here today and conversing. And the thing is, if we were talking about anything else in life, me and Christy would be respectful and probably would agree on a lot of things. But when it comes to this particular issue. Me and her have different frameworks mm -hmm. by which we view life, and that in turn is going to <laughs> determine how we live our lives. And and that's one thing that I want to emphasize is that your yeah. worldview is going to dictate how you yeah. live your life. Because if you view sex as a whole as a negative thing, and and I'm not just talking about just sex outside of marriage, et cetera. I'm talking about just sex is an act that is negative. Your worldview is going to be skewed on the proper place that sexuality should be put in one's life and in the culture at large. And if you think that any type of sex is permissible, as long as it's consensual, that is going to change the way you view whether or not you make it OnlyFans or whether or not 
you allow your husband or wife to view others content in that kind of way so this is not an attack on christy as a person and in fact yeah i am very appreciative of you because you are very well spoken you're a very thoughtful person and honestly i haven't seen any lack of acceptance of who i am from you other than well, I can't really agree with that one. That That's the only not acceptance that I've received from you. And right. if that's all that there is to this, then I'm good with it. But all of uh, my podcast content and creation cool. features both models who have OnlyFans and people who don't. And I, and, and this is a, a fine and interesting point that that maybe you and I can actually agree on. For example, I had Taylor on the podcast, and I've got to plug her socials. Okay. Knowing full well the kind of content that she posts. And if someone gets hooked onto Taylor's content in a way that is unhealthy or gets them into a sex edition, that's going to be heartbreaking to me. But it was not the intended goal of me featuring that person on the podcast because I am just trying to feature people who are trying to make it in this very difficult industry called that is modeling. And I think that I think that that liberty should be given to people of all different walks of life because all different types of people do modeling. Now, whether or not their personal choices as a model are good or bad, that's up for the individual to discuss. But yes, if anybody is looking at my content or looking at the guests that I have on and viewing their their content in a sexual way, that's your decision. But I do not support or promote that. Because I don't promote that kind of behavior. I promote the ethical viewing of women and viewing women in a promiscuous way like that is not the way you should be viewing them because there's more to them than that. So I think that in some ways there might be more of a common ground than I initially thought in terms of that. So, yeah, I I can I can see that that you also have you do have models that have OnlyFans in their like you know repertoire of things that they do that are on your podcast, as well as models yeah. who do not do that or don't do anything with nudity on your podcast. So, yeah. but you don't believe that promoting people that have an OnlyFans is necessarily necessarily wrong um, because that is correct. the intention isn't to get people hooked on their content. Okay. I suppose, I mean, I, I could go and say that, all right, this is going to be a double-edged sword. I can say that I'm not trying to get anybody addicted to my contact content. In fact, okay, I hope that he listens to this, but I'm going to tell a short story about my biggest fan, Carl. He's, he buys tons of my videos every month. He spends a lot of money on my page. 
but and he says that he's addicted to my content because he has a heart he's a heart problem and he loves my content so much that every time his blood pressure is low he watches some of the videos that i've made for him to get his blood pressure back up and carl i hope you don't mind me mentioning you on this but but he's very lovely he he interacts with me in a very admiring way and he's been a devoted fan of mine since the beginning of the pandemic really he's been buying tons of my videos however in the last couple of years carl has let me know that you know he has had some financial hardships and that he might not be able to buy as many videos on certain months and so for me as a what i like to consider myself as an ethical creator i always tell him carl that's fine like if you can't get you can't order as many videos this month that's fine with me like i'm still gonna survive do what you gotta do pay your bills i understand but a non-ethical creator who has problems with taking advantage of their subscribers would do something like you know shame them for perhaps not buying as many videos each month like oh last month you bought 10 videos and this month we bought three are you sure you're my biggest fan like it there's ways that you could weasel money out of people through OnlyFans or through, I suppose, any business venture that are unethical. Like making somebody feel bad for not buying as much as they used to would be a, an unethical tactic. And the reason I'm describing that story is because I, I care about my supporters. I care about people who are purchasing my content. I love it when people regularly comment on my posts, whether it's on Instagram, Patreon, or OnlyFans, I see their comments and I try to respond to them. People come and people go. People will tell me, you know, hey, I'm going through a hard time in life. I'm going to have to delete my pledge for a while, but once I'm financially able to, I'm going to come back. And I think that's great. You know, I, I personally feel like people should have that self-control with their bank account, you know, just as a responsible person to you know say hey like i've got to cut my expenses this month because i gotta pay my bills but i i hope that nobody out there is like unable to pay rent because they're subscribed to too many only fans accounts that you know that would make me sad i i would be i would feel bad for them so just take care of yourself people and i, I know that we've gone a bit over an hour so i do want to wrap it up soon but i want to say that like you know, mutual respect seems to be like the the underlying thread throughout this whole conversation. You know, I feel like you have been respectful of me in the things that I've been saying, even though I've said things that you don't agree with. And I know that you've said things that I don't agree with where I'm like, okay, well, you believe X, Y, Z is wrong and, and I don't believe it's wrong, but, but that's fine. You know, I'm not going to try to sell you something that you don't want to buy which is great you know like it's fine like if it's if it's not somebody's cup of tea or they can't afford it that month or if they had you know prior issues with explicit content where it was messing up their life i'm all about them not buying it i'm okay with somebody not subscribing to my content you know if it's going to be harmful to them and so respect for you and you know like I, I'm glad that we're having this conversation. And if you do want to have a part two, I'm down. And I want to open up the gates for anybody listening who has like a possible question if we do do a part two in the future. 
so that we can be prepared with like listener questions. I, I'm sure that there are things that people have been wondering throughout this whole conversation, oh. hoping that we're going to bring up that we haven't thought about bringing up yet. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> cool, man. All right. Well, oh, I beyond any content. Co- by the way, uh, I don't believe you've stated the name of your podcast so that people can find so it. So basically, it's a play on words of content creator, which I think even okay. content creation has developed a bad rep as something that. <laughs> Oh, that's what OnlyFans people do. But it's sad to me because I feel like anybody can create content and it doesn't have to, which can I get on a soapbox? It'll be a a very brief soapbox. But one of the conversations I had with somebody yesterday was, all right. Sure. I want to support you because you are a, a very awesome human being like there, there's no character flaws that I could stick onto said person. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I want to support your modeling journey. But then I I looked at their link tree and, and as I was talking to them, I was like, let me guess. The only way that I could support you is by subscribing to OnlyFans, mm-hmm. isn't it? And and sure enough, that, that was the only way that I support said person. And I think one thing that we could bring into the part two is maybe how can we provide alternative types of content for people who are like, look, I support the art of modeling. I support you as a person, but I don't support the nudity aspect that you bring to it. I think that they're should be alternative platforms depending on on what particular audiences want and i think that i suppose and that's actually that's good advice for you know people out there who have an only fans as their only income stream linked in their bio because there are people like yourself that want to consume more content but maybe nudity isn't something that they want to consume perhaps and I, there's so many things that people could sell you know you could even there i think that there's like oh yeah oh gosh i forget what it's called but there's a website that the premise of it is like just buy me a coffee and it's basically like you know venmoing somebody to you know give them a tip or whatever like 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 sending them directly through paypal to buy them a coffee for the day or whatever and that's one thing that would be probably the simplest thing that anybody yeah. can do but you're not receiving any products or services just tipping them basically things like purchasing a calendar purchasing digital wallpapers could be something that somebody can sell and and i've had the same i've had the same dynamic with some people that are in my personal life that love what i do that like love my photos that i post on social media and they love my modeling but like they don't want to you know subscribe to my only fans and so i i have for myself provided other things that people can buy but it is a good point that people who are out there who are, you know, modeling on the internet, having a variety of different types of things that people can purchase will help you make more money. Because OnlyFans is definitely not everybody's thing, for sure. And I, I totally get that. Like, and I, you know, like my, my sister, for example, if she wanted to 
you know, buy something to support me. Obviously, she's not going to want to buy my OnlyFans, you know, but perhaps like a, like a handbag that has a cool picture that I made, you know. So I've, I've got these handbags that I carry around. But not everybody's doing that. And it just comes down to how much effort are any of us content creators putting into diversifying the kind of content that we're putting out there. Because OnlyFans, honestly, like it could just pay your bills if you focus all of your energy on one thing as well. Like not everybody wants to diversify. I'm rambling, but but I, I understand what you mean though. Like I, I am with you on that. Like there are many ways for people to make money if they were to diversify, you know, selling t shirts <laughs> or mugs or book like ebooks. Or whatever. Yeah, I, I guess it doesn't have yeah, to be OnlyFans, but those that's definitely that the one place that can rake in the most income. I don't know anything about making websites or anything. Which, if anybody on on listening to the podcast knows anything about making websites or anything like that, I have been thinking about maybe this is a sign that I should champion some kind of content creation platform that someone can use as an alternative to OnlyFans where the content itself is not nude but it's more for entertainment purposes so if anybody has the means to help out in that regard you can DM me at grant underscore model and I'll get back to you Cool, man. Yeah, that, that's valiant of you. And I know that there's websites yeah. that pop up. Yep. But anyway, I've taken up enough of your time and I've definitely taken more of my time than I've allotted for this. Yeah, I, I'd say that we could probably, yeah, we understand. could just talk about this all day. I think I feel like this conversation would never end if we ever decided to end it. You know what I mean? Cool. Cool, man. Great. Well, I've had a good time talking to you. I feel like we had, I agree. you know, a slightly Thank awkward so start, but that it, it rolled into some really good and important topics. Absolutely. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you as well.